Welcome to the More Life Podcast, where creative, problem solvers, and entrepreneurs talk about squeezing more out and finding meaning in this crazy thing we call life. Let's dive in. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the More Life Podcast. Um, I'm glad you're here. This week, we have a very special guest, and it is Samantha Castro. Samantha is the creative director at Hello Sam Sam Design, um, and she's a designer from Toronto with a passion for makeup, food, design, travel, uh, very passionate about graphic design, and very eager to embrace new opportunities. So she believes every project has a story, and she loves showcasing it through design. Sam, say hello to everyone, please. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Super excited to have you here. This is We've been trying to work this out for some time now. Yes. Um, and I was very persistent. Uh, I was just so like impressed when I first found out about you through a mutual friend and who's actually like on season one of the podcast. Um, and just seeing your personality come through on your feed. If you're not following Sam, you should do it right now. Pause the podcast and go check out Hello Sam Sam Designs um, on Instagram or on Pinterest because I love your Pinterest feed as well. Uh, but in your own terms, what is it that you do? Or maybe even talk a little bit about like your your brand. Yeah, so I specialize in branding design for small businesses who are mostly owned by uh, female entrepreneurs or bloggers. Um, I've had my business for two years now, and but how I've been in the graphic design industry for five years now. And where did it all start? Like I like I do a lot of research whenever someone comes on the show. I know you went to OCAD. I know you went to BCF. That's where my wife went to. That's where my mother in law taught. No um, way. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brampton crew over here. Um, yeah, Mrs. De- Mrs. Dear Edwards taught grade one, grade two, grade three for like thirty years at BCF when it first started. And my wife Bethany went to BCF as well um, from like kindergarten to grade. I don't know, nine or 10. And then she went to another school to graduate. But yeah, we're very, very familiar with that place. That's a yeah. So where, where did everything start? Like, how did you get into graphic design? Was it something that you were artistic when you were really young? Yes. I've always been super artistic. However, I like never really knew that this was a job really. Like I just knew that art was just for like painting or drawing and that was like it and I didn't discover graphic design until like grade 12 really and from there I really just gave it a shot and um I had no knowledge of like any adobe um softwares except for like photoshop but like I did all my portfolio designs on photoshop and I actually looked back on them and I was like, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Whenever you see, I get made fun of um, by one of my program directors because uh, we're friends now. And uh, he's like, I can't believe you submitted one of these projects because it was very funny. When you look back, you know, years later, it's like, what on earth was like going through my mind at that time? That's so crazy. So you started graphic design very late in high school and somehow you got into one of the leading art schools and design schools in the country 
Yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> um, I created like all my portfolio stuff on like Photoshop, and um, yeah, I basically showcased my portfolio um, there, and I just made like a whole bunch of different projects that um, I really wanted to create in the future. And um, yeah, I uh, went to OCAD. And I went there for four years, and it was super, like, crazy and amazing. But um, once I got there, I kind of just had, like, an assumption that they would teach us the programs, but they don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, like, once I got to second year, I had to get, like, a tutor to teach me how to use, like, Illustrator. And from there, I really, everything was just, like, self-taught. Whoa! So I did not. I didn't. I didn't go to a fancy school. Uh, I actually. I think I've shared this on the podcast before. I dropped out of a few design programs because they weren't teaching the skills I had. So I was like almost like the opposite of you, where I was always on the computer, like you know, Photoshop two point five, Photoshop Elements one point eight. Like those were huge for me messing around with doing flyers for church, you know, when there was, this was like not many people knew how to do that kind of stuff, um, you know, way back in the day in like 2001, 2002. And uh, I ended up going to York U and dropping out after the first semester because it was too theoretical. Uh, and then I went to Seneca at York and I dropped out of that after one year. And then finally I found my place at Humber because I'm like, I already kind of know how to use these tools. I just need a better way. Like I need proficiency. You know, that's all I really wanted. I'm like, if I know how to use these tools really well, I know that I can be an asset to any company and go in and work. Um, I just need like, you know, give me some of the theory and the understanding of design Give me the books. Um, and that's how I found it. I went to Adobe's Center for whatever learning or learning center. And the only one in all of Canada, actually, there was two. There was one in Calgary and there was one in Toronto in Humber at this one program. It was a certified learning center for Adobe. I'm like, that must be it because I need to, like, just learn the raw skills. And you had the opposite where you were like, you learned late, um, and then you had to self-teach yourself because the program that you went to was more theoretical and more developing you as an artist itself, right? Is that correct? Yes. And then it's kind of like you do the other way around. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, actually, my number one school that I wanted to go to was York, but then I, get, I didn't get accepted. So, but I did get accepted to OCAD, so... That's wild. <laughs> York, York doesn't know what they're missing out. And yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want to bash anyone's school. I'm just saying York wasn't the place for me. And uh, I think you turned out pretty good going to OCAD because they kind of sh- helped shape some of the, the I guess, you know, the inner workings on, on how you wanted to build your own brand or company or your styling. How was your experience at OCAD? Like, tell us a little bit more about what what is it like being in um, a program like that? Yeah, so first and second year, um, they basically kind of teach you um, the overall basis of design. So we really learned about drawing, um, color, color theory, 
and just kind of like the history of graphic design and whatnot. And then third and fourth year is when they start to introduce um, different kind of design, meaning like the different types of industry that you could work in and you could like totally branch out and learn about branding design or packaging design and whatnot. And fourth year, um, which is like a super scary year for like every OCAD student because um, that's when you do your independent study, which is um, called theory. But I believe they call it something else now. But you basically just have um, your own project and you work on it for like the whole year. And then after you kind of just like display it to the whole school, really. <laughs> mm. I think I went to one. A friend of mine was doing it, and I, they. I think is, is it a public thing? I think that's what I went. To. Yeah, it's called. Yeah. Something X OCAD. Oh gosh, I can't That's believe right. I'm blanking right now, but it's like an exposition. <laughs> I don't know why I'm just blanking about it, but yeah. It's all good. <laughs> One of the things I see, like a lot of people, um, or a lot of programs don't necessarily always touch on when it comes to like um, graphic design. Like a lot of places they focus on like design for print, design for web. Um, but design for packaging, you said that in your third year, you guys touched on packaging. And the reason why I think this is so relevant is how you transitioned a lot of your design and personality through your brand style into products. Um, and again, if you have not seen <laughs> Samantha's Instagram feed, you need to go check it out. When I first, I think, reached out to you, it was after I recorded our episode with Anne um, and... I don't think you had any products. That was like a year ago. No. Um, you have a, yeah, you have a lot of products. Like you got the washi tapes, you have the keychains, you have the stickers, you have the key, the, the rings that just came out. You have like the phone holders. You have so much um, product. And I would love for you to maybe talk about like some of the things you learned in OCAD about like product design and package design. Um, cause I think that's something that you do extremely well. Uh, and I, I'm very excited to even talk a little bit about the products themselves a little bit down the line. Um, so yeah, we did a lot of, um, product design. I mean, we experimented a lot on like coffee cups and, um, I don't know, like apparel design and whatnot, but I had hands-on experience with apparel design when I interned at a company called Pear Designs, and they specialize in uh, baby uh, clothing and accessories and whatnot. And that's where I really got like the hands-on experience about learning about pattern design and how to mock up a product for um, the, per the people who would manufacture it and whatnot. And I really learned a lot from there. And um, I learned a lot more afterwards once I found another job um, at a print shop where I did a lot more like apparel designs again. And I did like a lot of um, basketball jerseys. <laughs> and, really? Yeah. Um, they specialize in like a lot of printing design. So I did like a lot of sports jerseys and basketball jerseys and mugs 
and like you name it I learned a lot from there <laughs> and I've always just dreamt about creating products like stickers and washi tape and like from there I just wanted to create more things that I actually like love using in my everyday life so from there I really just did a lot of research and tested out a lot of things <laughs> yeah no, that's really cool. And um, thank you for teaching me what washi tapes are, because until I saw that on your page, I never even heard the term. I thought there was just like regular tape, electrical tape, and like duct tape. Uh, maybe like, you know, uh, a scotch tape for packing gifts. I never even knew um, how people were being so creative with like using washi tapes to put up posters because they have a certain look and aesthetic to them, using them in journals and diaries. To, if you're a bullet journal person, if you're you know a diary person, you can format your page using washi tape. Um, and for those of you who don't know, because maybe you're just like me and you've never heard of it before, <laughs> but apparently I'm just like an old person now and I have to have things explained to me um, a little bit. <laughs> um, let's talk about some of the products. <clears throat> Not not like, um, you know, like going one by one or anything. I'm just talking in the sense of how did you get like, um, so it's one thing to have an idea for a t-shirt or a sticker or, you know, whatever else, like uh, a phone holder. How do you supply the the source materials, manufacturing, delivery, all these different things, Um yeah, because for a lot of people, this is this is the real reason of the question, because this podcast is for creative entrepreneurs. For a lot of people, they see that as extremely complicated and maybe too far from where they might be able to reach. And they're like, well, I just do like, you know, brands, like logos for, you know, maybe it's for women exclusive or, or uh, uh, BIPOC women, or maybe I just do like branding stuff for t-shirts, but how do I actually go about and find somebody who will manufacture this and then build out a store? You know, there's a, the world that we live in now, you kind of have to have a little bit of extra stuff. Otherwise you're always going to be working your time for someone's money. Um, and, you know, there's only so many designs you can do. And then you always have to be chasing the next design if you want to have like consistent money coming in. But then if you have products or packages that are maybe digital or something that comes in all the time, you have to maybe like think a few steps ahead. Okay, maybe I need a Shopify website or maybe I need to take photos of products and get stuff made. How did you first come, you know, what was the first product you came with the idea of? And how did you launch it practically? Maybe this can help some people who are in the same route. Yeah, so um, I originally started with stickers. And um, before I started creating the stickers, I originally just started um, posting my art online on Instagram. And like a lot of people loved it. So I thought, why not to make it into something? And I knew that um, stickers were, like, a really big um, thing. And, like, I was still kind of, like, iffy if people would buy it. But, like, mm -hmm. I just went with it. 
and I picked like some of my um, designs that I've already made and just did a lot of research on what sticker company was like the best for um, the amount of um, print on demand that I could do. So I really wanted just to start small first before, you know, printing. So you did print on demand versus like having a whole inventory of like, maybe I have a hundred stickers that I got printed and you have them. Yes, I did print on demand um, first before I had inventory. And then from there, um, as my shop grew, I had um, inventory. I started to do inventory and, um, after I kind of got tired of stickers, I wanted to branch out to washi tape because I personally love washi tape and I'm like a big stationary fan. So I wanted to somehow experiment with it. Um, washi tape, finding a washi tape supplier was like the hardest step, like step for me after mm-hmm. stickers because with stickers, um, if you do the research, you have a lot of options because um, you can find manufacturers here in Canada or the U.S. Um, with washi tape, it's a lot harder to find a manufacturer because uh, they don't really do washi tape here in North America. So I had to find um, somewhere overseas to uh get them printed and um sometimes the language barrier was hard so um it took like a lot of patience and redesigning until i you know found what i wanted exactly and yeah from there um that was like a big step for me or like a stepping stone and then um once i found my manufacturer i really was able to branch out to the different things that I have now. Yeah. Um, So you kind of just kept like taking new challenges. Okay. We got the washi tape down. I'm happy with maybe having these options. Um, Okay. Now let's find something else. And it it grows and it grows and it grows Um, to the point where I think the last thing I saw was rings. You have, um, you know, Disney rings. Yeah. And the shop now, for people that are maybe having some questions, um, Etsy or your own personal site or a Shopify or something like that, what, which route did you take um, in selecting uh, a route to have a store on your website? So um, before anything, I had my original website where I showcased my portfolio and I just used that um, Squarespace as my shop and as my shop grew i recently uh got another website for my shop and i still use squarespace for that so yeah um the the shop is a separate sorry the shop is a separate um like domain for the store yes it's a separate domain now because my shop just grew a lot and it was like overtaking my portfolio website. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes sense. It makes sense to have, you know, different types of um, like a domain or a subdomain for the different thing. That makes sense. Yes. 
Um, originally, I was thinking of Etsy, but um, personally, I just like having things aesthetically pleasing for my shop. So I really just wanted to um, pick a website where I could like customize everything. So yeah. <laughs> yes, let's stick right there. Let's talk about aesthetically pleasing and specifically your aesthetic, your brand. Um, as you can tell, I'm a big fan. And I, um, I also very much realize right away, and I think anybody who sees your feed will realize it's an extension of you. So, um, how, yeah, I have so many questions. Like, where, where did you, I guess, start to develop this style that is very happy, it's very fun, it's very pro-Disney, um, <laughs> I feel like you're like a Disney girl, um, and you really like that type of stuff and it's very colorful and you can't help but be happy when you, um, when you see it. And I'm, when I saw, I think one of the first pictures of you on your feed, cause most of it's like products or designs. Um, I was like, oh, this makes perfect sense. This is somebody who I would imagine is really into, um, this type of, typography, these types of color combinations, and even the the lettering and how you lay out a lot of the branding that you do, there is a definite style that's, a, that's with that. Um, where did you start to develop the style? Was it kind of an evolution? Yeah, it was kind of like an evolution. Um, I would say probably like third year of university. Um, that's when I started to really develop my style and like majority like majority of my professors noticed it too like every time I submitted a project it would be like oh this is definitely your style this is so Samantha <laughs> and like every time they said that I was kind of like is it <laughs> just because like every project that I submitted it always had to be super colorful or whatnot mm -hmm. and um it wasn't until I really um I would say hone in my design was when I started my Instagram page, which is what it is now. I really just wanted to create designs that I wanted to create instead of like um, right. using my creativity just for work projects, you know? Like I wanted to create things that I've always dreamt of, like saying um, that I've always wanted to create like... Um, like illustrations or like Disney stuff because yeah. like I don't really do that for like any of my jobs. So I really used my Instagram page as a platform where I could create the, the designs that I wanted to create. That's awesome. Um, I have a question. Like you talk about Disney, you just mentioned it. Is there any problems using like Mickey or Minnie Mouse's likeness in your design to sell, like you're, you're making money off of it, right? Yes. Um, I haven't had any problems, but um, I don't know any of shops that have gotten in trouble. If anything, um, Disney would just kind of rip off the person who yeah, yeah. took the, who created the, design or product and then resell it as their own facts and it like, and you're not naming it disney either right you're not no. saying oh check out my disney you know Minnie mouse 
earrings or whatever like that. Cause I yeah. think that could be copyright, but it's just like their image or you're drawing it yourself and not like you're taking it from <laughs> Google images. I don't know what's going to. Yeah, on. of course. I always draw everything <laughs> like from scratch and make it yeah. my own. And I, yeah, I always like said happy that mouse. Like, sorry. It can be like Happy Mouse or, you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to find like a loophole of naming my products. <laughs> right. That makes sense. So what's what's been some of the challenges in the last like two years since you've really started this? Because I feel like you're kind of on a great trajectory right now where things are going really well. I see you launching new things. Um, I see your following grow exponentially in the last year. Um, so I'm like, so how is this, how has things been going? What are some of the challenges that you maybe have had to overcome, um, throughout this process? Um, I would say creative block is one of my biggest challenges mm. and it stresses me out that I'm stressed out about it. <laughs> <laughs> like I can go weeks having creative block and just be like being super depressed about it. And then, like, one day something will hit me and, like, I just keep running with that idea until, like, the creative block hits me again. But I would Mm -hmm. say that is, like, my biggest struggle because I'm such, such, like, a perfectionist that, like, I always have to have things um, on schedule and whatnot. So, yeah. That's That's hard. (laughs) Yeah. No, I get that. Especially when like um, people have an expectation now, right? Like you now have people who are like, oh, I can't wait to see what she does next. And you don't want to disappoint people. You don't want to disappoint yourself as well. Right. (laughs) Most people forget, you know, who are not like designers or creative, no matter how hard anyone else is, we're harder on ourselves. Um, on like how we want to be perceived, how our work is received um, publicly, which takes a big toll. Um, and yeah, there's, there's times where you got to maybe take a break and kind of my thing is go for a walk. Like don't think about the work. And then somehow I will think of, you know, a creative way to finish the design or a creative way to solve the problem. Um, but when you're like so in it all the time, every day, it almost as if it's too close for you to read, it has to be a little bit further away for it to make sense. Um, Sam, how, how have you managed um, in the year of like COVID and that's when your business kind of started? Um, so was that like a blessing in disguise where there was extra time or was it like really hard to be at home? Are you like an outdoor person where you always wanted to be outside and you couldn't really be outside? Um, I would say that it was a blessing in disguise because that's when my uh, business really took off. Um, in the beginning, I was really just looking for a new job and um before the like pandemic and um, quarantine, I was really just in the routine of getting interviews and I did a whole bunch and I was like just tired of getting rejected. So that's when I started creating um, branding for like the small businesses because I just thought that um, 
why look for my dream job when I can just create it myself? So I really just pushed myself and created a whole bunch of like inspiration products or like I call them passion projects where I would just create branding design that with um, fake businesses that I've always wanted mm-hmm. to work with. And from there, that's when people started to really notice my branding designs and wanted to work with me. And um, because I did that, I got noticed by um, course Designs, where um, I now create, uh, where I now freelance um, with them, and I create illustrations for their Instagram. So I've done uh, design work for Food Network, HGTV, the History Channel, and whatnot. Which is yeah, yeah. Chorus Media is huge in Canada. For those that don't know, there's lots of lots of brands underneath that umbrella. Um, so you're basically self-employed, right? Like you're not you don't actually work for them. They're just another client of yours. You freelance for them. That's awesome. So you did, in fact, do it your own way and make it in the industry the way that you, that's most comfortable for you, so that you don't actually have to like be chasing and in fact people can actually chase you now which is great (laughs) that's exactly (laughs) what's happening right now and like every month once i finish a project i'm like oh no i don't have another project project for the next few weeks or whatever but then someone will come around at like the end like the last minute and be like okay i want to work with you and like that's just how it's been ever since and i'm like super thankful for it Wow. Um, Okay. Before we go, I'd love for you to uh, maybe talk a little bit about some advice for young upcoming designers um, and creative people, Uh, just because I know this is kind of the route more people are going to be taking. Uh, I say this all the time. When I was in school, they just drilled into you, go get a job at an agency, go get a job at a magazine, a design house or a corporate job, that's the only way you're going to make money as a designer. And we now live in a world where so many people are just going to make their own way. There's going to be so many more small businesses, some creative, some not, which also means so many more designers, so many more web developers and illustrators and all that kind of stuff. Um, What advice do you have for people who might be looking to make it on their own, um, you know, in this kind of new world that we live in? Um, you know, what, once I graduated university, I knew that I wanted to work in an ad agency because I knew that's where the money was and, like, that's the only way to really get a job. But it's so hard. I'm going to tell you now it's so, so hard. But you kind of just have to keep pushing and really, really practice your design and you know, create the design that you want to create and put it in your portfolio because that's what people really want to see. Because if you don't have anything that you've always wanted to create in your portfolio, they're not going to really see your prote- your potential because if you only show like the actual work that you've done instead of like the work that you've always wanted mm-hmm. to create, um, that's not going to help because I found that um, 
when when I really just showed the work that I did in work, they were kind of just like kind of turned off, but also like didn't know what my real potential was. So I would say really just create the the work that you wanna create. That's super uh, I think inspirational. Um, you know, the only thing I would add to that is like, you know, if you only show work that you did for somebody else, then they can only see that other person's vision. But if you show your work, then they can see your vision, your personality. And I think that there's only one of you. Every person is very unique. So even if you think your idea is a little bit crazy or a little bit out there, you probably have an audience that you're not tapping into um, that you can, that probably is exactly what they're looking for, but they would never get to see it if you, all you do is only work for other clients and you don't actually dream a little bit and go beyond yourself. Uh, Sam, where can people find you? I'm so thankful that you were here today. If they want to get in touch with you or follow you on IG, let us know where that is. So my Instagram is hellosamtamdesigns, and uh, my Pinterest is hellosamtam. And yeah, <laughs> my website, my portfolio website is hellosamtam.com, and my store website is shop hellosamtam. <laughs> thanks so much for being here sam uh this has been the more life podcast we'll see you guys next time with a fresh new episode Bye. bye